the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From Talk 910 KNEW San Francisco, this is Rob Black. Rob talks about your money every weekday, live and local, from 10 to noon. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black doing what's known lovingly around these parts as the red-headed steps child show in between Armstrong and Getty and Glenn Beck. Also known as the Rob Black Show. It's a call-in show. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-563. Um, hold on. 800-345-5639. Lost my train of thought already. Why did I do that? I have a flu that's just not going away. I think it might be SARS. It may be the swine flu. Not quite sure. But my handy-dandy producer, Heidi, quick and a fix, got me a big old cup of 12 ounces, 14 ounces of green tea. So hopefully I don't sound too flimmy. But hey, that's me. Flimmy. It's the Flimmy Flim Show. <laughs> it's the Robin Flim Show. 800-345-5639. I got a good show today. I really rarely say that. Most days I show up to work and I'm like, there's nothing. I got crap. But today I got commercials. I have home prices. I got Big Mac. And I'm not talking about that juice steroid freak from the St. Louis Cardinals. I got Big Macs. I got Michael Jackson investments. Investments with Michael Jackson. I got a little bit on Netflix. I got a little bit on the New York Yankees. And the World Series and how that's going to play out as an investment as well. Plus, I got a little oil. I got a great website. I'm the luckiest man in the world to work for Clear Channel Radio. I work uh, for a great boss. They give me a lot of editorial control. I love it. But they also give me a good website that supports the show. You can find it at talk910.com, talk910.com. Right there yesterday, we were able to put up one of my favorite shows. It's a podcast. It's a, it's a show called 100 Things That I Hate. It's basically 100 Things That I Just Go On For or a whole hour. And it really gives you a flavor for what I what I believe in this world. And yes, I know I'm a little bit odd. Just go with it. At that website, talk910.com, you can hit the Big Rob Blackhead. And the Big Rob Blackhead, the only thing I wish that were better about the Big Rob Blackhead, I wish it rotated. Oh, and for the record, I'm going to go over today um, what I consider a Nazi group that needs to be shut down. And it's tied towards retirement. And it's tied towards old people. That's right. I'm going to take a shot at AARP later today. But anyway, um, there's a website, talk910.com. You hit the big Rob Blackhead. There's some songs that Heidi, uh, my producer, likes. She's young. She's hip. She's fresh. There's a, a show that I did called 100 Things That I Hate. Plus, there's a blog there. You can interact with other Blackheads, i.e. fans of the show. And uh, it's, it is what it is. I, I check in on the blog. I don't live by the blog. I don't die by the blog. In large part, just don't have time. I'm trying to produce a show on the fly. But uh, it is there, and I, I do look at it, talk910.com, talk910.com. And if you say something fantabulous or, or crackerjack, is that a 1950s word, crackerjack? Aces and crackerjack. I once got to work with a show called Twin Peaks. And uh, one of the things that we did on the show was we found really odd, unique phrases, and we helped work them back in, into culture. Um, David Lynch, the director of Twin Peaks, was just a, just a super odd guy to work with. He would build sculptures out of donuts. So, like, if you ever watch that show again, I think it's one of the greatest TV shows of all time, by the way. 
he would just watch where the donuts are. And like he'll do an Eiffel Tower of donuts. He'll do pyramids of donuts. He was just as a director, he was just super peculiar. But I think there was a, a, a madness that, that was really fueled by genius inside of him. Anyway, I'm totally digressing at this point in time. What was I talking about? Donuts, um, madness. OK, so yeah, I'm totally off track and I can't get back on track. Let's talk about some of the big stories of the day. Commercials. Commercials are a pretty good indicator on how the economy is doing. You know, every year you hear Super Bowl commercials sold out and how they go for $1 million, $2 million, $3 million for a commercial. You hear stories about the General Motors and the Fords and how they're not going to advertise as much as they used to. Well, healthcare costs could be on the rise. We all know that, right? Healthcare costs on the rise. But what else is on the rise? Not advertising on healthcare shows. Grey's Anatomy. It's still the most expensive drama to buy a commercial on. For the record, first season of Grey's Anatomy, great. Second season of Grey's Anatomy, no, no. First season, pretty good. Second season, great. Third season sucks. Fourth season sucks. Fifth season sucks. And I've never actually seen a whole episode of Grey's Anatomy. I'm just telling you, that's how it breaks down. I think you could probably stop after season two. Okay, so the average commercial on Grey's Anatomy, what do you think it cost? Give you a second. Give you a second. $240,000. That's down from last year's $326,000. House. TV show Fox has a house. They're averaging about 184000 That's a big drop from last year's 260000 Now, again, we all know the Super Bowl is the king of commercials, right? And, you know, let's face it. That's starting to lose a little bit of its luster, too. Back in the 1990s, we'd have parties and people would come over and, you know, you'd be like, shh, shh, shh. Not the game's on. You'd be, shh, shh, shh. commercials are on. Now we don't really care because they release the commercials before, they rate them during, they, 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 they tell you who the big winners are after, so it's not quite the event that it used to be. Anyway, um, the rare exception of the Super Bowl, the finale of American Idol, those are the two big, 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 big winners in commercials. Now, NBC, they've got a pretty good thing going on with their Sunday night football. Average commercial costs about 340000 That's off about 100000 from last year. So the advertising world's getting hit pretty hard. Now... American Idol commercials that average uh, three hundred sixty to four hundred ninety thousand dollars per episode. The closer you get to the finality, the more you have to spend. Okay, so we can see Rob Black is setting you up to learn that the economy is on the weak side. Now, what's that mean? Economy is on the weak side. Well, prices should be going down. The stock market should be going down. Home prices should be going down. Wrong. That's not. That's not what it means. See, the economy is broken. And the stock market is broken. They don't necessarily always correlate. There's some crossover, but they don't always correlate. Home prices today, we learned in the 20 cities across the United States, the 20 big ones, there's an index called the Case-Shiller Index. In August, it rose for a third consecutive month. It bolsters the case that an economic recovery is at hand. The index climbed 1% from the prior month. So this reading that you're going to hear about today in the media, it's awful year over year. But it's okay month to month. And again, that's that's the, the, how Wall Street and money works. And that's how you and your life is going to work. Should you buy a house now? I can make a case for you buying a house right now. In large part, mortgage rates are incredibly low. If you don't jump on these mortgage rates right now, you're going to kick yourself. If inflation kicks in and they go up to 6, 7, 8, 9%, you're going to kill yourself. You're going to be upset if they go that high. Because you missed the golden opportunity to lock into a mortgage. I got a mortgage under 5%. You know, honestly, I feel like shaving all the hair off my body, running up and down the street and going, woo! got a mortgage under 5%. It's that kind of good. I know the image of me uh, shaving with no hair running up and down the street. 
Not going to be terribly well appreciated. It's going to land me in jail. But that's how good these mortgage rates are. That's how excited I am as a money guy. Now, house prices, I think, are ridiculous. And I think there's a huge disconnect. So let's say I live in a million-dollar home. And mortgage rates start to go up. I really live in a $900,000 home because the guy who wants to buy my house, he can only afford $4,000, $5,000, $6,000 a month. And as mortgage rates go up, he's able to buy less. Unless his wages go up 20%. So again, if a mortgage goes from 5 to 6%, whoa, whoa. So we are going to be hit with lower home values as interest rates creep higher. So rising home sales due in part to government programs. Now, this is another thing that pisses me off. First-time buyer credit and efforts to lower borrowing costs have helped stem the slump in property values that precipitated the worst recession since the 1930s. Right now, the government's helping to stabilize housing. I don't like it when the government does anything. I just don't think they're as good as, it, as they, they should be. I like our government doing a good defense. I like our government protecting free speech. I like our government doing the basics. But I like our states doing more of the, the day-to-day stuff in our lives. Right now, the government's helping stabilize housing. Now, the housing index was forecast to fall 11.9% from August 2008 to August 2009, after a 13.3% drop in July. So you can see July, we dropped 13.3, August 11.9. Actually, when all was said and done, we dropped 11.3, so it was better than expected. Year over year, awful numbers, awful numbers. But month to month, it's okay. Now, here's the downside. These last three months where we've seen a nice increase, hmm, actually coincided with an $8,000 credit. These last three months where we've seen home prices go up, actually are the best three to six month period, spring and summer, to be buying a house. You get more demand, you get more foot traffic. Dallas showed the smallest drop in prices year over year, just down 1.2%. Las Vegas showed a 30% decrease. Las Vegas is a desert. If you buy property in Las Vegas, you could be one of the financially stupidest persons on the planet. What is there in Vegas? What's the great job market there? Cisco, Microsoft, Intel, Yahoo, Google, who is it? It's casinos. And casinos aren't well known for high-paying jobs, although in Nevada, you can do okay. You can do okay in, in Vegas. But what's your life expectancy at a casino? How long are you going to be a dealer? Until someone younger, prettier, smarter comes in? You better kiss your union and thank them. Keep those younger, smarter people away from you. It's what unions do. They scare away young people. California's got some notable improvements. The index for Los Angeles homes, down 12% in August compared with a year-ago figure, but it improved 1.6% from July. Now, San Francisco home prices dropped 12.5% year-over-year, but up 2.8% from July. So there's some rise in demand. It's okay to see. It's It's nice, right? Most districts reported housing market conditions improved in recent weeks, especially in the low- to middle-priced houses. I really don't have a problem with low to middle price houses in the United States right now. I have a problem with some areas with high-priced homes that aren't close to shops. Unemployment is projected to exceed 10% in early 2010. It's already well over 10% in the state of California. Home builders, they climbed 22% since the beginning of July on an improving outlook for housing. It's not too bad. In that same period of time, it's all relative. The S&P 500 is up 16%. So from July to today, S&P 500 up 16%. From July to today, a composite index of home builders up 22%. Residential, again, it looks like it's stabilized. Now, the most recent foreclosures to be available for purchases have been held out of supply. So a lot of home with foreclosures, a lot of foreclosed homes, 
haven't made completely, they haven't been made uninhabitable yet, and they're not up for sale. Previous tenants have stripped away copper wiring, appliances, and fixtures. These homes are technically available. There are no buyers. Those foreclosures that have been, you know, kept in good condition are being kept held by banks and slowly released to the market in order to prevent a, a severe overcorrection, oversaturation of home prices. I expect prices again to dip starting in late November. First time home buyer credit gone, or will they extend it? See, I could be wrong. If they extend it, I'm wrong. There's talk of an extension. I expect an extension to occur, but realtors have been lobbying their clients to make their purchases early and avoid possible problems with the extension. Therefore, they've pushed some of the buyers forward. I think there's going to be a lack of future demand that's going to put some downward pressure on prices. Stand by what I say. To get your calls in there, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I could use some help today. If you've got some good content, call the show. My voice is struggling. Get it out of the flu. The snot is cracked. It's coming down in my lungs, and this is what I sound like. Wall of snot. It's going to be my new uh, rock band. 800-345-5639. 800-345-5639. It is the Raw Black Show. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Everyone knows who Spider-Man is, right? There's an investment called Marvel Entertainment who sold themselves to Disney recently. But when the first Spider-Man movie came out, stock went crazy. Second Spider-Man movie came out, stock went crazy. Third Spider-Man movie, stock went crazy. But actually, the stock went crazy six months before it came out. It bought on the rumor, and it sold on the news. Now, there's a company called IMAX, ticker symbol IMAX, IMAX. And since 2009, it's gone from 3 bucks to 12 bucks. It's not too shabby. It's been a good year. It's probably been too good of a year. So I don't want you to go out and do this investment, but I throw this out there as a way of explaining how companies do what they do. Highly anticipated Michael Jackson movie. This is it. I know you're saying, really? Michael Jackson, highly anticipated movie? <laughs> it's going to open in theaters this Wednesday. It's going to have 96 domestic IMAX screens, 27 international IMAX screens, because both of the movies playing in domestic IMAX screens right now, cloudy with a chance of meatballs and where the wild things are. It's geared towards a younger audience. This could actually be pretty dominating. This is it during the evening slots could actually increase box revenue a good 50% in evening show attendance. So estimates for IMAX might be a little bit on the low side. Now, again, if you take a look at ticker symbol IMAX, I-M-A-X, I-M-A-X, it's not good. The business of movie theaters isn't the best business in the world. Um, IMAX operates entertainment technology companies worldwide. They got some 2D conventional technologies that convert to 3D. CEO makes 700000 Chairman of the company makes $1 million. So you look, start looking at statistics, and you understand that photo equipment and photo supplies, consumer goods is what this is. It's not the best business to be in in the world. It's, you know, it's very hard costs. So you could take a look at it and you could say, Michael Jackson, IMAX, I get it. More and more movies are moving towards IMAX. I I won't. You would almost have to drag me kicking and screaming to see a movie at a movie theater in this day and age. But I'll go to see an IMAX movie. Absolutely. It's true. Absolutely. So it is true, Michael. It is true. So um, no PE on the company. It's looking at like it's trading about 23 times next year's earnings. And um, it is what it is. I just threw it out there because I thought it was an interesting tie together. Let's go to Santa Rosa. Uh, Robert, Robert, how are you? 
Yeah, I have a question about uh, refinancing some mortgage properties or rental properties. I have two rentals in Tennessee. Both of them are cash positive, not terribly cash positive, but a few bucks. Um, anyway, it's a 5-1 arm. The five years are over. It's into an arm, but it adjusted way down, and it's really nice. Um, so I was just wondering, should I kind of keep it in the variable at this point, or would you recommend refining? I think you got another year of keeping it in the variable. What's the, the rate tied to? Uh, you know, that's Libra or Prime? Uh, I don't know. It's, I think it's a, another mortgage fund or a okay. kind of note. Okay. Uh, what what number are we talking about here? Well, it went from the low fives into the mid threes. Oh, good God. Don't touch that unless you're, you're a sick, sick, sick man. Exactly. With, with that said, Robert, I would start figuring out what, what rate you can get right now. And I'd stay on top of that every six months, you know, no doubt about it. So, okay. yeah, every three to six months, whatever you feel more comfortable with. But that's an yeah. amazing rate. And uh, you got some equity in the properties? Uh, there is a little bit of equity built up okay. on one of them. This downturn has kind of hurt me on another one. Okay. But, Keep in uh, mind, the, the, the one that has no equity is going to be a lot tougher to refinance in a year. So while your rate's at 3%, what I highly recommend you do, start mm-hmm. start hoarding some cash and either put it towards the principal and or hoarding some cash and use it to buy down, you know, points or buy down the loan later on when you do refinance it. Okay. I would not, I, I hate to use the curse words, but I would not F with that 3% rate though. No, That's, I was kind of, I was about to shave myself and dance in the streets when I saw it. You should shave yourself and dance in the streets. <laughs> That's going to be my autobiography. Let's go to Carl in San Jose. Carl? Um, I'm also like to shave my body and run in the streets by making a, a good decision as to whether or not to uh, hedge inflation or hedge deflation. I, I spoke to you about a month ago. I'm, I'm, I'm still uh, have that uh, paralysis because of analysis, and I'm trying to get back to you as to whether or not if I'm going to uh, try to go to ETFs and try to hedge inflation, I feel like, okay, then I should go for uh, mining stocks. But in case it goes the other way, should I go for 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 bullion like a, a G you know a, 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 G, a GLD versus a GDX, what would you recommend as a person who doesn't know which way it's going to go but can't go wrong by going gold? Which way would you go, bullion or or mining? Um, I would personally, if you're high net worth, I would go bullion. And what do you define as high net worth? <laughs> Million dollars, um, enough money in your retirement that you feel comfortable that you can live off till the day you die. So you're saying that Here, here's why I don't like miners, Carl. Um, miners have a fixed cost to them that I don't like, and very few of them hedge anymore. Some of them used to hedge, and they would sell you gold six, nine, twelve months down the road. The fact that they stopped recently tells you that they feel comfortable that gold's going to go higher. So I don't like the fixed cost of gold miners, i.e. you have to put a hard hat on someone. You have to give them a pick and shovel. You got to send them down in the mine. You have to pull it out. You have to transport it. There's an extra cost there. Now, again, they're like the OPEC of of gold, um, the OPEC of oil, you know, gold miners. There's very few gold mines in the world that are, are massively producing at this point in time. So the gold miners do have something very unique. If you don't like doing GDX or GDL, GDX is a group of gold miners. GDL is a group of, uh, it's just a play on the price of bullion. Um, commodities funds, I think you could look at a hard asset commodity fund. Oppenheimer has a great, what's called hard asset fund. Um, and that's more than just gold. And that'll give you more diversification. See, people who get caught up in gold, you've, met, you've 
you've re- your returns are, are horrible this year compared to oil, compared to wheat, compared to sugar. You should have been in other hard assets, but because radio psycho analyzes you and jumps into your brain, you keep hearing gold, 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 gold. There's other commodities that are doing great. You know, Carl, there's even funds out there that, that play sideways where you make more money the longer the market goes sideways. Or if the market's super volatile and the market goes up and the market goes down and the market goes up and the market goes down, you make more money. There's all sorts of ways for it to play out for you, Carl. I wouldn't, I wouldn't freeze yourself. And on the hard assets, on those kind of funds, do you get dividends? The thing I that oh, yeah. me about gold is that you know it's it's basically dividend free. And like you said, if it goes sideways and you're getting a dividend, I like that better than waiting for the calamity to happen either way. Yeah, and I, I want to be very clear that that I'm not giving investment advice here to the mass public. I'm speaking very specifically to Carl um, because I don't want people to go out and, and try to do this. Um, this is not my advice in any way, shape, or form. Okay, thanks, Rob. So, thanks, Carl. Um, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Gold up 14% this year. Gold mining stocks up 34% this year. Pretty big difference, huh? Stock market up 40% this year. Which would you rather bet in, gold this year or the stock market? Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. Stock market. So for those of you who get too caught up in... The price of gold or the, I guess you could say the media mania tied towards gold. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. I need more phone calls because my voice is weak and decrepit. I'm dying. I'm old. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show. Hey, Kareem the Dream intern. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's the Rob Black Show. 910 a.m. More stimulating talk. to get your calls there. Actually, I know why we're playing a McDonald's jingle, because I requested it. There's a teeny tiny island called Iceland, and it's a teeny tiny island. You know what's odd? Greenland has ice, and Iceland is green. But Iceland's tiny little nation, their franchise holder, is going to close the restaurant next weekend because of falling profits. It's kind of a weird thing to think about, isn't it? You think of McDonald's as a dominant force in the world. You think of them as once they're open, they basically, they're nuclear proof. They're cockroach proof. When I say cockroach and McDonald's, I mean no disrespect because I know they're a big advertiser on Clear Channel. What I'm saying is they're around. They're they're pretty solid. So anyway, Iceland, Big Mac, long-term symbol of globalization. It's become the biggest and latest victim of the islands of Iceland's overexposure to the world financial crisis. There was a couple years ago where you can buy a CD tied towards Iceland and get 14%. And you people, and I say this lovingly, you people, and I'm not talking about baby sheep. I'm not talking about EWE people. I'm talking about you people were so freaking greedy to get rates that high that you lost all your money when the, the Icelandic bank shut down. So anyway, the economic situation, it's just too expensive. They can't make money as a McDonald's franchise holder. Now, there's three McDonald's. I know you're saying three? Iceland's so small that there's three in the capital Reykjavik. It's going to close next weekend as the franchise surrenders, basically, to falling profits. 
Now, he was bound as franchisee to the requirement that they import all their goods for the restaurant, including meat, cheese, and packaging from Germany. And costs have doubled in the last year because of the fall of the corona currency and the high import tariffs on imported goods, making it impossible for the company to raise prices enough to remain competitive with people who use local natural ingredients. So McDonald's, they ultimately agreed with the shutdown decision. It's embarrassing. It is what it is. The unique operational complexity of doing business in Iceland tied together with economic uncertainty and economic climate that just isn't, it's not doing it. I love him. I love him. That would be Iceland's own Bjork, who, I'll give her some credit. Her music's at least unique. Some of it fantastic, off the charts, wonderful. And some of it sounds like a cat being stepped on. It's that kind of of spectrum. 800-345-5639. Anything else that I need to know? McDonald's got into them, uh, into Iceland in 1993 as Iceland started to grow. First person to take a bite out of Big Mac on the island was then Prime Minister David Oldson, who went on to become a governor of the country's central bank and ultimately part of the problem. Let's go to phone calls. Let's go to a car in Marin. Matt, how are you? Matt. Hello? You're on. Yeah. I just got a a question and basically your recommendation. My situation is I'm 46 years old, own no property. I sold a house in Marin January 06. I've got about 125K. I've been waiting to see how the real estate situation is going to hold out. Do you recommend I continue to wait because I want to use that money for a down payment, or should I invest that money somewhere else and you're 46 years old yes it's tough because i think this is one of the toughest markets to tell people to go spend their money in what else do you have matt as far as money saved for retirement Uh, i've got a 401k with maybe 100 in it and a uh, ira with maybe 50 okay so you're doing okay with your liquid investments but you want to put 125k into another home. What type of home are you looking at? High end? Are you looking at low end? What are you looking? No, no. Yeah, low end, uh, Novato, 500k kind of thing. I wouldn't have too much of a problem with it as long as you could afford the mortgage and your time frame is five plus years and you're not yeah. looking at it as an investment. Because Matt, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Mortgage rates right now, you have to look at as a huge plus, a huge plus. Now, yeah. home values in Novato. There's nothing but land in Nevada. Nevada's got land, 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 land. So right. there's a negative there, in my opinion. My boss owns, uh, my TV boss, Jim Swanson, owns some land in Nevada. And I wouldn't buy in Nevada because there's too much land. But if you shop and you find something you love and you want to be in it, Matt, I'd, I'd prefer you to do that and then continue maxing out the 401k. Or if you want to rent in Nevada for another year, I don't think prices go anywhere anytime soon. And I yeah. think rates uh, don't go anywhere until we see some signs of wage inflation, which I don't see at least until mid-2010. Yeah. Okay. So thanks for the call, Matt. Good luck. Where would I put the money for the next six months? I would put it in the Fidelity Ginny May Fund. If that's what he's going to do, if he decides he wants to wait till next summer to buy a house, uh, I'd put in an FGMNX. FGMNX yields about 4.5%. Jim in Cupertino. Jim? Hi. What do you think about Monsanto? Okay. Now, Monsanto's not good right now because... The world is in a recession, coming out of a recession, and we're being a little bit more conservative with our expectations on food crops. Um, again, when the world is doing well, we plant you know more food because we eat more food. 
it's it's it comes down to that level, and that's Monsanto's big play. Do you own shares of Monsanto? Or are you looking to own it? What's your what's your angle on? Okay. What el- what else do you have in your portfolio? Um, I diversify mostly large cap. Okay. So, what do you like about Monsanto? Food. Okay, play on food and seeds and genetic seeds. Right. Okay. I don't think I could talk you out of that that angle as long as you've got a diversified portfolio that you feel comfortable with. Um, my job here is not to really agree with you. It's just to make sure that you're not getting in over your head. I don't see a huge growth catalyst on Monsanto anytime soon. They just recently uh, released earnings and they lowered expectations. Wall Street tends to give a little bit more momentum to companies as they beat expectations. So that help you any? Yep. Okay, good luck to you. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's see if I can't pull up a little bit more information on Monsanto. Uh, ticker symbol is MON. And when you look at Monsanto, you look at companies like fertilizer companies, like Potash and Agrium. Because they're a play on the world's becoming more of a desert. But also the world is not only becoming more of a desert, but we're getting more people. As we get more people, we we need more food. So soy, we need more soy. We need more protein. We need more corn. We need more ethanol. So you can see that there's a play there on multiple levels. Now, Monsanto is a $70 stock. It's gone this year from the range of 63 to 94. Earnings right now about 18 times, yield of about 1.4%. Let's take a, a bigger look at it and take a look at the last five years. Last five years, it's gone from 20 bucks to 70 bucks. So you can kind of see there has been a great play on the world population, India and China in particular, and demand for more foods to serve those countries. Down the road, we're going to be talking about demand for Africa and the Middle East. The Middle East is becoming, is becoming an investment story faster than we than expected. Profit margin is about 18%. Operating margin is about 30%. Return on equity about 12%. That's a pretty good number. Um, I like all the internal numbers on it, and the valuation doesn't look crazy to me. Would I buy it at these levels? I would if I had a patient five-year time horizon, but I would not look for instant gratification. You know, they can make corn the size of a Trident missile. Well, not quite. But Monsanto is all about bioengineered crops, and I love bioengineered crops. So that's me. Monsanto helps farmers grow more crops by applying biotech and genomics to the seeds and the herbicides. They make corn-like taste bad to, to critters. It produces genetically altered seeds that tolerate Roundup, which is their product. Now, Roundup probably causes kids to have three heads and things like that. I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. Let me strike that. Allegedly, Roundup might cause kids to have three heads. Um, because I do not want to get sued on that one. Um, they've got all sorts of seeds that they produce. Roundup's the number one herbicide in the world. They've been remaking themselves as a seed and biotech company. So I think I've beaten the snot out of Monsanto. You know what upsets me? It's not the Burger King story, because the Burger King does upset me. It's the Amtrak story. I don't know where you lie on this. Amtrak. Taxpayers spent about 32 subsidizing the cost of the typical Amtrak passenger in 2008. You know, we taxpayers, we're asked to do a lot. We really are. 9.5% sales tax in some cities in California and some counties. It's crazy. It's ludicrous. Or as Michael um, Tyson would say, it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. Anyway, um, taxpayers spend about $32 subsidizing the cost of the typical Amtrak passenger. Shouldn't we just shut the trains down if they can't make money? Wait, 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 wait. 
roads don't make money, do they? So it brings up a question of the rail network. It serves over 500 destinations in the United States, 46 states, but they lose money. They lose money. It's stunning. The analysis could help guide decisions right now because the United States government has set aside $8 billion for high-speed and inner-city rail. Now, again, we're going to lose money. We know that. We can't figure out how to make money on rail. Caltrain, they can't figure out how to make money on it. Again, if everyone paid their fair share, they still wouldn't be making money. Now, rail planners may decide that spending the funds on high-speed rail makes more sense than slower intercity rail, which Amtrak numbers show need higher subsidies. Leading the list of the train traveling between New Orleans and Los Angeles, Sunset Limited, costs you 462 bucks, but taxpayers subsidize just to keep that train running. I didn't know you could catch a train from New Orleans to L.A. I think it's kind of actually kind of cool. The passenger rail systems throughout the world lose money. So it's not just Amtrak that loses money. It's throughout the world. And let's not hold rail up to these standards where you go, well, they need to make money. Otherwise, we need to shut them down because highways don't make money. Transit, city transit doesn't make money. But yet it does help support commerce, which helps support income taxes, which helps support real estate taxes and property taxes. And you get the whole idea of how it all goes together with subsidies and why they sometimes work and sometimes don't work. I'd like to hear your opinion. Should we shut down the rail system in the United States or make it more profitable or make it more expensive? I can't believe that I can fly from here to New York City for 250 bucks. I can't believe it. And I could take a train from L.A. to, to New Orleans for 450 bucks, 462 That's cheap. Try driving that. Amount of time that you have to spend driving it, crazy. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show. Talk910.com. You can find us online, talk910.com. The station you listen to right now at 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. Shake it like a coolest thing that I could do here. But there's a guy at Clear Channel. And I'm just showing you how I work. Nothing's up the sleeves. Thursday, I got to talk with my, uh, no, Wednesday, I got to talk with my television boss. And he's going to basically say, we need up ratings. And he's going to ask me how to up ratings. So I'll, I'll tell you all about that. And I'll, I'll give you the update. But there's a guy here at Clear Channel who does an infomercial show on the weekends. And a lot of weekend radio is infomercials. You know, you pay for the time. And some of them are really good shows. And some of them quite honestly, push crap. But he brings his dog in the studio. That's uncool. Studios are supposed to be clean. They're supposed to be friendly environments for the host. And I love dogs. I've got Maisie the Wonder Dog. You can take a look at my dog at talk910.com, talk910.com. I love my dog. But don't abuse it and bring... Like, I get letting your dog sit outside of a restaurant. I would let Maisie the Wonder Dog sit outside of a restaurant. When I was in Paris... A big old shaggy dog comes and sits next to me while I'm eating a meal. And that's fine because it's Paris. In Paris, there's some ambiance. But keep your dogs out of the workplace. Leave them at home. I get it. I get it. I love dogs. And I don't want Maisie the Wonder Dog to be lonely at home. And they say that dogs don't have a sense of time. Are they away for an hour? Are they away for 10 hours? They don't don't know how long you're gone. Leave your dogs at home, people. You're freaks. Stop doing it. And bringing a big old hairy dog, that's even worse. If you're going to bring a dog... Bring a dog without hair. Okay, let's talk some business news. British Petroleum today posted a 34% drop in profit. So British Petroleum down 34% in profit. Someone called me about this earlier this week. 
So I saw the story, I grabbed it. Natural gas price was much more pronounced, down about two-thirds. Liquefied natural gas, shale gas outstripped anemic industrial demand. Their numbers are okay. You know, I'm not going to knock a company that earns $5.3 billion in 90 days. Prefer ExxonMobil. Prefer Petrobras. Prefer Total. Canon. This was an interesting one because this taught me something this morning. It didn't teach me something. I was like, how can I make Canon sexy? To the 25-year-old hottie. To the 55-year-old not so hottie. Anyone over 60, please don't listen to the show. Or if you listen to the show, lie and tell people you're 55. That's all I ask. I don't ask for much lie. Canon posted a 54% drop in profit. Weak copier demand. That's interesting. Okay. That's the rub in the story. Digital cameras did great. And I've got a Canon digital pure shot, one shot, do shot. I don't know what the heck I got, but I got it. And I could see saying, you know, well, the, the weak dollar, you know, maybe. No, no, no. You don't want to play a weak dollar Japanese company. You don't want to play Japanese companies because they got to repatriate their, their electronic goodies back into the, the, their yen. And that's killing them. So they got two strikes already. They got the Canon copier not selling terribly well to businesses. And they got the weak currency. Now, their, their cameras are cute. They're cute. Intel today, their CEO says he sees higher corporate PC spend in 2010. Very good chance corporate spending on PCs will improve in 2010. Here's how I'm laying out 2010. Invest in cyclical business companies. Avoid consumer retail discretionary. It's a little bit too early for me to promise you that and stick to it, but that's the way I'm feeling. So, and I agree, Netflix. Oh, I'm sorry, I agree, Intel. 2010 looks good for the corporate spend. Netflix. I'm about to pass out. I've got the flu that's now dislodging large blocks of phlegm like Antarctic icebergs off of my lungs. Uh, Netflix and Sony, they announced the movie streaming deal. It's going to be available on the Sony PlayStation 3. Now, I told you about that yesterday, and today it's the big press release. Now, Sonic, there's a company called Sonic Solutions, sticker symbol SNIC. They've got some partnerships in place that could start heating up competition with Netflix. Sonic's technology and partnerships with Best Buy and with Blockbusters and others places it well in the market as it is partners with some of these manufacturers for consumer entertainment. Netflix is a different business model than Sonic, though. Sonic is in the business of offering technology to facilitate digital distribution of movies and doing so collects a royalty per download of consumer entertainment device and percentage of revenue generated from the movies. Now, the relationships with the movie studios, Sonic is able to offer newer movies to its users digitally than current subscribers, whereas Netflix wouldn't. So if you believe that the big download roar is going to happen. It's going to be good for Sonic. Dickerson SNIC. SNIC. I'm not telling you to invest in it. Lord knows I don't know you. You may be the cheapest man on the planet. You may be Scrooge, my God. My Lord, my Savior. Scrooge McDuck. Which, for the record, Saturday Night Live did a skit earlier in the year where someone dressed up as Scrooge McDuck. That's pretty funny stuff. So go YouTube Scrooge McDuck Saturday Night Live. Anyway. This is a hot little sexy story from Down Under. Teasing it while I swallow some tea. The Sydney Morning Herald. You like it when I say that? The Sydney Morning Herald. It's preparing to release a groundbreaking tablet computer in Australia. So says, wait, wait, who's going to do it? Apple. 
and around the world early next year. And it's been in discussions with media companies about including their content on the device. So the Sydney Morning Herald is in danger. Ultimately, they're letting the cat out of the bag. The New York Times wants to be distributed. Steve Jobs says it's the greatest newspaper in the world. But the Sydney Morning Herald, they said this tablet, it's going to be a larger version of the iPhone. Small enough to carry in a handbag, but too big to fit in a pocket. It's going to have a touch screen, and it's going to be targeted at users who mainly want to surf the web, read books, newspapers, or watch movies. Apple has sent specifications of the device to Australian media companies in an effort to sound out whether they would be interested in delivering their content to the tablet. Now, none would speak about the device on record, but the Sydney Morning Herald did. Um, in Australia, Fairfax Media's director of marketing and newspaper sales, Robert Whitehead, he hinted that he was aware of the upcoming device in August. He said, quote, we're cautiously, continuously examining all options for extending the reach of our mastheads, and we'll be very interested to see what Apple comes up with. So he's not really totally tipping his hand, is he? It's understood that Apple has been in direct talks with Australian media companies to launch a new app for the tablet that would allow them to distribute their content in digital form and charge for it. That's going to be the biggest rub here. I just talked about Sonic downloading content and getting a a relationship with a content supplier and helping them generate money from their content. Here, Apple, the tablet, what's going to make or break this is relationships with companies that have content that you and I want and, importantly, you and I are willing to pay for. It's going to be big. President Barack Obama, he says today he's going to give $3.4 billion in grants to the smart grid. That smart grid story, it's taken a long time to develop. Smart grid meaning that, you know, uh, you generate energy in your house, you can give it to the grid, and the energy companies will pay you for it. Smart grid meaning that you can figure out any time of the day what time is the best time where there's more electricity, and they'll give it to you cheaper if you want to do your laundry at 3 in the afternoon. And you can program your, your technology to start your laundry at 3 in the afternoon. That's the basic idea of the whole smart grid. Basic idea. Now, I got one minute, and I think this story is worth hitting. AIG chief, a guy named Maurice Hank Greenberg, he built AIG into this insurance behemoth, just huge, impenetrable maze of on- and offshore companies. And what he's doing now is he's starting AIG too, but wait, wait, that's not AIG, the publicly traded company. He's starting another company that looks just like it, and he's starting to woo people that he wants employed, saying, hey, come work for me, hey, come work for me, hey, come work for me. And he's hastening the exodus of AIG's talent, which I know you're angry at that they make too much money. But when they leave the company and our $200 billion investment in AIG goes belly up, you're going to be pissed. So it's AIG. He's raiding people out of AIG. Greed is good. Success at the expense of taxpayers. He's siphoning off business. And AIG is never going to be able to repay their debt to the country. It's Rob Black Show. More stimulating talk on Rob Black, 9, 10 a.m. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.